let us move into some favorite quotes we have from from the book. I can go first, I guess. Yeah, I I, I was thinking we might sprinkle Elliot's in there. I think he wrote yeah. Like yeah. twelve in our outline, <laughs> like seven. All right, Elliot, go first with two, and then I will go, and then we may come back to Elliot I'll at the go. end. Yeah, I'll, I'll go somewhere in I'll, there. I'll start off with an Adolin quote, actually. There's a few Adolin quotes that could have been picked in this book. I totally related with Paul. You were talking about Adolin, right, a few minutes ago. He has some great moments, and he has a couple of different scenes where he like really pulls out this encouraging, supportive, like best friend Adolin. Like Adolin's the guy you just want with you at this yeah. point. Cause like when you're feeling down, Adolin's gonna notice and he's gonna say something about it. So it's like, man, what a good friend. Adolin says this, and he's talking to Shalon in kind of one of those moments where he's encouraging her. This is this is fairly early in the book, actually. This is probably part two. No one ever accomplished anything by being content with who they were, Shalon. Adolin said, we accomplish great things by reaching toward who we could become. And I loved how relevant that became later when Shalon does face a scenario where she's kind of deciding, who do I want to become? And we get that great scene later. That's one of my favorite quotes. So I'll go ahead and just jump in right there. One of my favorite quotes is this. Adolin is right, Vale said. He's always been right about you. Tell me, who is the strongest of mind? The woman whose emotions are always on her side? Or the woman whose own thoughts betray her? You have fought this fight every day of your life, Shalon, And you are not weak. That quote is really does a decent job of summarizing that entire page because there's a, there's a very intense back and forth between Shalon and Vale in that scene. And I love that, that part of the book where she's about to kill Kalak and Vale pulls her from the brink of becoming formless. And it's, it's a really good moment for, for Shalon. I feel like this book really explored the strength before weakness yeah. part of the oath, which before hadn't really been touched on as much, but that was a, I think that was the best quote of the book right there that you just read. I'll, I'll throw it out there because what I think is the best quote of the book is different. I think that was an amazing quote. Easily one of the best of the book, but I have my personal favorite, which I'm going to go ahead and read. It's totally jarring, taking us to with to separate characters. This is from the Dog and the Dragon, on, on page the best chapter nine, of the book, twenty. Yeah, um, and I'm going to read an abbreviate like the the quote, uh, but it, I guess it deserves a little bit of context. Um. It's at the end of Hoyt is telling Kaladin the story of the dog and the dragon. And uh, Kaladin says, can you tell me the real ending? And he, he wants to know what happens with the dog. And it says, Wit stood and stepped over, then put his hand on Kaladin's back and leaned in. That night, he said, the little dog snuggled into a warm bed beside the fire, hugged by the farmer's children, his belly full. And as he did, the dog thought to himself, 
I doubt any dragon ever had it so good anyway. He smiled and met Kaladin's eyes and goes on. But I, I thought whenever I read that for the first time, I instantly fell in love because it was such a good culmination to a story where it's it's the story within the story, but it, it gave such a good memo um, of that this dog wants to be a dragon. It wants to be one of the most majestic, strongest, bravest creatures in existence. Um, but um, realizing he's not a dragon, he realizes all the blessings that he has in his life of um, a warm home and people who love him and and all the food he could have, you know, and, and kind of the simple pleasures of life. And that little ending of, I I doubt any dragon had it so good anyways, um, was just really sweet. And one of the reasons why my theme rating was a 10 out of 10, I thought that was just amazing. And I kind of get chills every time I read it. So um, the, the like simple, sweet, loving message of that is what I love. And that whole scene is made even better by the fact that Kaladin has no idea what a dog is. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. At That's all. true. That is true. Yeah. This is the story um, of the dog think, and the dragon. The I what also think what? it's kind of ironic that most of our like biggest real world application like takeaways from these stories happen not from the book, but the books within the book. Yes. We have the in-world way of kings, which was pretty formative. And then we have the dog and the, the dragon, which was a story told by Hoyd. But, um, yeah, that was hands down my favorite quote of the book. And it's not even like in our normal narrative story, which is kind of ironic, I think. I love that chapter. Keep it, keeping with the, the Kaladin storyline. I'll read a little bit, but honestly, as far as like favorite quotes from this book, I honestly would read you the entirety of chapter 110. Chapter 110 is called Reborn, and it's the moment where Kaladin emerges from that scene. No. It's the moment where Kaladin emerges from the actual best chapter that is in the book, which is 108, titled Moments Tien. with Tien. Yes. Mm. The Tien vision speaks his, his fourth ideal, saves his father. And in the midst of that, cut right in the middle of it, is Navani speaking her first ideal, yep. bonding the sibling and becoming a bondsmith. The entire chapter is fantastic not just for the events that happen in it, but just for the way it's it's written. This is one of the, the chapter I'd point to that says, this is some of that descriptive imagery that I've been craving from Brandon. And he finally gives like an entire chapter of it. I'll just read the first couple sentences with give you a taste of it. But if you if you need a pick-me-up, just go go pick up your Rhythm of War book and go read chapter 110 because it's just fantastic. A black storm, black wind black rain. Then, piercing the blackness like a spear, a lance of light, Kaladin storm-blessed, reborn, 
Calvin exploded through the darkness, surrounded by a thousand joyful windsprings, swirling like a vortex. And the whole chapter just like goes on like that, of just like this epic description wording. It's fantastic. Give me chills. Yeah. Chapters like that are what really impressed me with Brandon's writing is how good and accurate the imagery I can make a good picture in my head. But also it's like just really exciting. He's not just describing, he's using tools to like yep. describe what's going on. So And the the end of that chapter is the moment where his his scars, his brands finally heal. Yeah. And still, every time I think about that scene, I think about it in a different way. Like, how huge that moment is yep. for Kaladin. Like, four books worth of development huge. Absolutely. For that kid. He, he has finally forgiven himself for Tien's uh-huh. death. It is so, so good. One of my favorite Stormlight moments ever. Probably top five. We should do a, we should do a video of that. Top five stormlight quotes stormlight moments whatever one of my top five is a very simple line in words of radiance dalinar or zeth has just landed on the shattered plains to kill dalinar at the end of the book kaladin's not there yet and dalinar and uh, adolin comes over to defend dalinar from from zeth and dalinar waves adolin off and decides to take Zeth on one one on one, and he forgives himself in that moment. He he understands that even if he had been lucid on Gavilar's death, he still could not have beat Zeth, and he forgives himself of that burden that he's carried with him for. Uh, he he set down that boulder that he'd carried with him for for seven years. That there's a that line. I love that line. It's so good. Um, but. The actual best chapter, the actual best chapter in this book is not one ten, it is one hundred eight, and uh, TN's meeting with with Kaladin, and I didn't, I'm not going to read you the whole thing. I read the, you the whole thing when I don't know a couple episodes ago, but the the, it, the dialogue back and forth between TN of I should have been there for you, I should have saved you, and TN saying you are here for me, you're good enough for me that I love that entire sequence and it's really lengthy to read, but it's so, it's so good. All of it, the dialogue back and forth of how, if you have, I'll just leave it at that. It's good. A couple of honorable mentions for moments or quotes. Another tearjerker is Teft's death, but just the way he goes out, saying to Moash, I have what you will never have. I die knowing I'm loved. Like that one's seared in my brain. I didn't even have to look that one up. I just like that one's that one's memorized and I wasn't even trying. One more I'll I'll mention Dalinar has a great conversation with Kaladin about having the wisdom to realize when you need help. Yeah, And he, he basically says, well done, soldier, for knowing and being willing to admit that you needed help. I thought that encapsulated a lot of our story right there. 
And then my final one, last one, I promise. I know I had like nine. I did cross off a few that I'm not going to read. Last one, because I think this may have some big implications for our next book. The quote is, honor is not dead so long as he lives in the hearts of men. If you sit and think about the implications of that line going into Stormlight Uh 5, your brain can start exploding pretty quickly because Uh it is the, the way it is presented to the reader. It is obviously a preconceived idea of the honor spread. Notum is not making it up on the spot. This is a, this is a, a slogan, a chant of it's a philosophical debate. Yes. Between, between spread that are loyal to the, to the humans, even after the recreants and spread who are not. And if you start thinking about is honor really dead or does he live on in the hearts of men that has really cool applications for myself that has really cool applications for the book. There, there are several layers to that quote. I love. All right. That's it for quotes. I promise. Now, Let's talk about our Oathbringer predictions for for Rhythm of War. How close were we? How far off were we? How is our? And then we'll we'll lead into questions we still have, and questions we will uh, questions we still have that were not answered, and then new questions we we have going into Stormlight Five. So I pulled this right from our Oathbringer outline from last year. Um. I, I mean, obviously I'd read, read Rhythm of War at the time, but I put in a big prediction I had at the end of Oathbringer was that Dalinar was going to die in, in Rhythm of War. I thought the Contest of Champions would be shifted to, you know, maybe Kaladin, maybe, you know, whatever. I thought Dalinar would die. Eh, wrong. And like... Not even close either, right? We, we talked about how Dalinar honestly didn't maybe do a whole lot yes. in this book. His his page count is not high. I mean, he does get he does end up dueling Ishar, who is full intentions of killing him. So, I mean, something I might have say, happened. That's like our Dalinar part of the book that we get to take note of. The one like chapter he, he found Ishar. He did, cool. and he did he did win the war. Like, I that that's a pretty big statement, but it doesn't seem like a big statement in the book. Like, they did win the battle on in Tukar or wherever, or wherever they were, um, and which pretty much set the lines of where the the territories will be moving forward. Well, and and to defend my boy Big Big D because he's my favorite, he does have a big part in this book. I mean, think about his interactions with Kaladin. Yeah. There there's the the part where he discharges him from the army. That's huge. Yeah. There's a part I talked about before where he kind of revisits Kaladin's storyline and and con- acknowledges his wisdom in in getting help. He convinces the Stormfather to freaking save Kaladin's life to and do allow something. him to speak the fourth ideal. I I think more than once Dalinar saves Kaladin or gives Kaladin kind of the boost to get to where Kaladin does. So Dalinar is absolutely a pivotal part of this. It's just not really a development 
storyline for him. He doesn't really learn much, maybe. You, you mentioned it, and I do want to circle back to it. The The scene where he Dalinar honorably discharges Kaladin from active service is one of those scenes where I would point to the strength of Brandon Sanderson's writing. I, I know I've harped on this scene before, but that scene is so compelling because you understand where both characters are coming from. The, the dialogue is so heart-wrenching and, and brutal, but you understand that it's the right thing to do for Dalinar, and you completely understand that it, Kaladin absolutely will not accept this. He needs to be forced to do this. There's a very good dynamic that he set up. It doesn't feel cheap, and it is such a good scene uh, in my mind. Agree. All right, Paul, on your outline here, what was your prediction for Oath or for Rhythm of War? So I think the predictions that I had was that we will learn about the Dark Sphere, uh, which I would say we did. We did. Yeah, we a learned lot. about the Dark Sphere. <laughs> we we got which, sat down and showed a full full PowerPoint and then a full book on it. Yes. Yep. Yep. We did, and I I'm grateful to I'm great I'm really grateful to understand the Dark Sphere. Um, very exciting. Uh, and I predicted that we will have a major death. Uh, I had Kaladin or Renorin um, as as potential big deaths. Um, I'm actually gonna. We we haven't talked about our future theories yet, but I'm gonna carry that Kaladin one over. I I would you say know, you are correct. It, obviously, it wasn't Kaladin or Renarin, but and I'm not saying Teft either. I think it's Teravangian. Teravangian is your major death. is your major death. That we that we had in this book, yeah, I I was thinking about that as well. I was like, Teft is a big death. Um, Teravangian is also a big death. Or if, because I guess if you're arguing that Teravangian is not dead, I would just say then Ray's is your is your major major death. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about that. At least combine if you combine everything who di everyone who died, we have a major death, perhaps somewhere in there. Um, yeah. Because it, it's kind of complicated. Because Teravangian died, but he's Todium. Correct. At least, apparently, Zeth thinks he killed Teravangian. So, anyways, very interesting. And so that that one, I think I actually kind of got. It wasn't like when I made that prediction. I was really thinking like the major major protagonist, like an Aelin dying or something like that. But you know. We were close to that. I give myself 75% credit. All right, Elliot, your turn. I had a couple of predictions that were not like spot on. Oh my gosh, I got that perfectly right. But maybe we're kind of in the ballpark or, or touched on some things that did kind of happen in this book. The first one I said that I was actually really worried about was that we were going to get a seriously dark turn in the book, kind of that dark before the dawn sort of thing with, with book five, hopefully the you know triumphant end of the, the first five series, this perhaps being the kind of lull or the low point before you, you know, ramp into that, that fifth book. We kind of got that. I was looking back over the themes that I wrote down for each of the parts of the book, and I was actually curious to see the progression of those. It started out very much in a low spot, actually. The first two parts I had obsolescence or kind of that 
having to deal with change as the first one and then doubt as the second one. So once the tower kind of gets taken over, there's very much a, man, our heroes are really getting beaten down at this point once once they take over the tower. But then it, it kind of slowly climbed its way back up as Navani starts to figure out where things are at and Adolin has his pretty awesome storyline and Kaladin eventually gets there in the end. It very much ended on a high note for me which I, I think is not what I was predicting there. I thought it might end on a bit of a lower note, whereas I'm feeling, with perhaps the exception of the epilogue, a really positive kind of upswing coming out of this book. And so now I'm kind of terrified for what's next because yes. we just swung up like, oh dear, there's kind of one, only one way to go for here. But that is the epilogue, though, throws this like small, but at the same time, huge wrench in all of this, with the whole Teravangian has become Odium, has a plan for taking over the world, thinks he has a loophole. Oh, and our one character who seemed to be our secret weapon just got his memories stolen by Teravangian Odium. So maybe that's the, the dark turn that I somehow predicted, perhaps. My other one was about cultivation. I kind of with not a lot to base it on, claim that I thought cultivation may not turn out to be on our side. I don't know if we've necessarily proven that, but I'm definitely highly suspicious of cultivation at this point. Yeah, We learned that she basically orchestrated the whole Todium thing, which I'm still back on the whole, why in the world was that ever a good idea train? But I see what she was trying to do yeah, I I don't know. I'm very suspicious of cultivation. Very. Do you think she's blundering, or do you think she's doing this on purpose? I think that she thinks that she's in control. I think she thinks she's pulling all the strings. She is all happy. Ha ha, I tricked Odium. I was worried about him. He was going to get me just like he got Odium or Honor, sorry. But haha, I found Teravangian. I figured out a way to defeat Rays. And now my man is now the vessel of Odium. Haha, I win. But we've seen inside Teravangian's mind, we know the dark side. We know what he's capable of. And I'm not sure Cultivation realizes that. And so I think Cultivation is might purely be acting in her own interest and not the interest of Roshar as a whole or wider than Roshar from the Cosmere as a whole, and that may come back to bite everyone. I think it'll be an interesting dynamic if Teravangian still has dumb days and intelligent days, yeah. or I should say emotional days and non-emotional days. That'll Which, be a very interesting dynamic holding Odium. And, and think about it. If Teravengian's dumb day means he gets emotional and just kind of cries in the corner, what does that mean when you insert Odium? Right. It's emotional day. I kind of guess that starts to go down the path of like anger and hatred of he's just going to have like Kylo Ren style tantrum days and he's going to just smash everything. I was I was going to go the other way with it, where the smart, the smart Teravangian is the scary one uh, when he's holding Odium, because 
when he's when he's super smart, he orders the death of a ch- children's choir because it's not efficient for his day. And you're like, excuse me. <laughs> I think in my mind, Odium is already that. Odium is already the. I don't really care. I'm just about my passions. So. I don't know. Yes, that's scary. Terravangian is scary. Odium scary, but it's no different. It's if you turn Odium, who's willing to destroy worlds, into emotional wreck. I don't see that going well. That's probably my biggest question going into book five: is how will Todium work? Right. Yeah. I'd honestly be curious if we. I think it would be super cool. By the way. And I'd be super curious if we got like a chapter of like Ray's backstory, like the former vessel, like yeah. saw a glimpse at his life before, before he became the vessel of Odium, to maybe get some insight into maybe how Teravagian, as we know him, will interact with Odium. Yeah. Um. I I I've thought about this a couple different ways. And I just, I can't figure out quite how, because sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe on a super smart day, Teravagian can kind of like wrangle the power of Odium, if you will. Like, have a more heightened ability to manage the power than a, another normal person would be able to have. Uh, but then again, on the super dull days, like, is it just just going to be like Odium times 10? Is it going to be like, even even more outraged, even more crazy odium. Who knows? So I I, I don't know. The, these are rules that I think Brandon is going to have to spell out for me and make it make sense later on. Um, I, from a storyline point, a plot point, I am really excited to see what happens with our contest of champions, with everything. One of my favorite moments from this whole book was uh, Dalinar and Teravangian and Dalinar telling Teravangian that he's going to be there and he's going to get to watch Dalinar prove him wrong and that yeah. he's going to beat Odium. What happens whenever he shows up and Teravangian is Odium? That's been like my biggest thought. Yeah. I, I, I don't have no idea. and But I, I cannot wait to see that. I, that's got to be one of the most... Whenever I listen to the audiobook, whenever someone enters the scene or something happens that I like know is gonna be good, I like stop to really focus. I yeah. stop whatever I'm doing to like really focus. That is gonna be like a, I have to sit down and just listen or just read that because like that is gonna be one of the most hyped up conversations I can think of in the whole series. Yeah, I agree. I do want to come back to the Dalinar Tervangian dynamic. Uh, I'll ask you a, a question here in a second, but I want to, I want to talk about the unanswered questions we had coming out of Oathbringer because back in when we did the way of Kings wrap up, Elliot had this entire comical list of one liner names that either were explained or were not explained by the end of Oathbringer. Let's revisit this list real quick. And, um, and see where we're at with those. Um, 
so yeah, I'll just go ahead and start start going through it. Dawn Singers. Are you guys confident with your knowledge on Dawn Singers? Not really. I mean, we kind of know what they were-ish. I would, so no. I would be the same. I, I'm like 30% confident I know what a Dawn Singer and what they are capable of is. Uh, Teravangian... I we have this as answered i would go as far to say that we should undo that unanswered. and now it's unanswered <laughs> of Ter what the heck is teravangian doing uh i think we know everything we can know about teravangian right now oh we still have questions on how he will be of course ghost bloods mm -hmm. have we answered the ghost bloods question yes with the question mark about the leaders of the ghost bloods are still mysterious but I understand what the ghost bloods are. Yeah, agree. I would agree. Uh, Shalon's family we know about. Nothing new there. Symbol heads. Those are cryptics. We understand. Old magic. All that I remember pertaining to this is... Don't they use that to reference the Night Watcher? Yes. Or it's like yeah, in conjunction with the Night Watcher. That's just the Night Watcher, although I think this is solved because we've we've learned now that some people go to the Night Watcher and they get stuff, mm -hmm. old magic. But we know that some of our key characters did not see the Night Watcher, or they did, and they got passed off to Cultivation herself. Right. So characters like Teravangian and Lyft and Dalinar did not get the old magic. They got some sort of gift from cultivation herself right and characters who think they got like a boon and a curse don't yeah. actually have those confines of the night right. watcher they have different rules that they may or may not know about yep so not only is it solved i i wouldn't even ask the same question as i did back then right yeah that's how i felt with the dawn singers honestly i don't know that like i'm kind of know what they are but i don't think that's even really a question in my mind anymore uh the everstorm we know what that is mm -hmm. odium yes yes understand i would say i know what that is adonalsium are you guys confident with your ability to understand adonalsium as a concept I would, I would say yes given what i as much as i guess i should know like I knew Adonalsium was effectively like the capital G god of like everything was splintered. Yes. Like I well, splintered is the shards that we have now. I more or less spelled this out for you in 101. Uh, mm -hmm. in Cosmere 101. Yeah. The origin. I wanna just pause on that one and that I feel like I've learned enough to say Maybe it's not as important as I thought. Right. But I, I don't I wouldn't want to check it off as answer just because I'm still moderately intrigued. We had one interlude chapter. Goodness, words of veridience, I wanna say, where there's one this one character who's in like the the far east land and is talking all about his religion that has to do with the origin. All that to say, I think there might be more to the origin than we realize. It doesn't seem to be a major part in our story so far. Yes. What What is the origin referring to? Do we not know anything about it, or is it, is it just a name drop, or do we kind of know what it 
supposed to be? So the origin is mostly named in the way of kings. And that is the point where the high storms come from. That that, Or at least that's what the Voran religion would tell you. Is all of the high storms come from the origin. And okay. that's about it. I didn't remember what that was referring to. But in my head, if I hear the origin, I was like, do we kind of know what that is now? Because I was thinking of the origin of like Galethi being on Roshar. We know that's through Ishar and his mm-hmm. uh, Bondsmith abilities, likely with some like else calling. So, and the only part that I would bring up again on the origin is Brandon Sanderson has said that the High Storm predates the Night's Radiant. So it does not have specifically to do with like a bondsmith honor, etc. Or it does have to do with honor. It doesn't have to do with a bondsmith, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, Parshendi no Dalinar. Solved. We answered this a long time ago. Fabrials. Have we have we thoroughly answered Fabrials, Elliot? As of end of Rhythm of War. Yes, I'm sure there's more to be discovered, right? It's science. So there, there's more, I'm sure, ways you could make Fabrials. But yeah, my knowledge of Fabrials went from 20% to 80%. The sun, I, I agree. It's the like technology. S- the sun maker. Is that the sword of somebody? Is somebody's sword? It well, is Dalinar's ancestor who has Oathbringer at the time. Yeah, who originally did. Um. I, yeah. I think we know all we really need to know. Yeah. We learned a little bit that he was like the person to originally like conquer Alethkar or unite Alethkar. Yeah. One of those two. Yep. Unite via conquering. Dalinar's wife. Resolved. Red, Red Oathbringer. Got it. Yep. She's hot. Midnight Essence. <laughs> um. Uh. But mostly solved-ish. We know a lot more about the unmade yeah. than we used to. Yeah. So it seems yes. like very unmade think power. I think Midnight Essence might come back up in Stormlight 5. Uh, Ray Ship here kind of ran off at the beginning of Oathbringer and has not come back. Um, Tef's Pass, understood. Moash's mm-hmm. Pass, understood. Old Bloods. Mm-hmm. That's like a uh, one-liner reference to a random nobody back in like Way of Kings. Never been revisited that I've noticed. Yeah. In my head, it doesn't matter. Risen? Y- yes, for everything that we can know. We know she has a Dawn Shard, which is my big question. Yes, it's Risen. Risen question mark. It's Dawn Shard question mark. Risen goes from like, yes, I understand everything that's happening with this character to I know nothing about what this character, t- character can do within about two chapters. Amians. Learn. Feel like I got Amy in one hundred and one in Dawn Shard. So yeah, yeah. Curse. I what they are. I don't get them. Curse of kind. No. Is idea. that part of the answer we got in that, or is that unique to Axes? I think Curse of Kind is tied to Amians. I don't remember exactly how. Okay. Axes has a weird way of talking, so I, I was. I kind of wonder if that was just his way of referring to some of his Amian abilities. I don't think we've seen Axes till since like Words of Radiance. Uh-uh. Uh essences. The ten essences and your surges. Yes. Um, much more so. I think Trevor, you've probably just explained to us some 
of the, this. The um, wiki knows it at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Ars Arcanum in the back. Uh, Stormfather, yes. Oh, yeah. Scouring yeah. of Aemia. We got a 101 in Dawn Shard about that one. The Ten Fools. This has been referenced once or twice since then. I'm, I feel like the answer I've come to in my head is it's just a, a way to reference the heralds in a, in a negative context. I don't think they are the heralds. I think it's a parable that doesn't really have anything to do with the heralds. Maybe. Yeah, I, I've also kind of thought of them as like the the heralds, or maybe even like if you really want to speculate. Maybe even people who became the unmade, but like they were known as people and they were a bunch of losers, you know? The Invisagers. Yeah. More or less. You're a Thiru. We, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. we thought we Definitely. answered this at the time. I think <laughs> we've answered it more since then, but yes. Uh, yeah. Nohadon. 90%? I think. I think it's lower than that. I think there's something. You think f- there's more there. I do. I think there's something fishy happening with Noadon. I think he was either a bondsmith of the time, or even bigger theory. I think he might have been a Dawn Shard holder of the time, and the implications that that can hold can get crazy. Um, mm. I think Noadon is coming back up in Stormlight 5. We have not even had his name drop for a full book now. Yes, we have yeah, one. I can, yes. I can agree with that. <laughs> um, okay. Where was I? Oh, World Singers. I'm in the boat of Does It Matter Anymore? Ooh, These are I like am... lower people, right? I am in the other boat. I am in I Think World Singers Matter More Than We Think. For reasons I can't talk about. I was going to say that we we learned something at Dragonsteel, which... Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, red Eyes and White Eyes. I don't even remember where this comes up. Red Eyes comes up in a couple different places, which is why I referenced it. Uh, Voidbringers is yeah. one of oh, them. Oh, does that just have to do with the thrills? Is that what we're talking about? I, yes. Yeah. I think it, okay. it, it, yes. the red eyes, I think, was resolved as being an effect of the thrill. Okay. White eyes, I think, might have just been a coincidence. White eyes was referenced in, like, three different characters called out specifically all in a relatively short amount of time, and so I kind of got caught on it. I think it was just an example of light-eyed characters. Okay. Uh, 100% sure, but yeah. Amaram, uh, he's he's been dead for a full book now. The Mistress. That's the, like That's that a, was the the interlude mistress, right? Yes. And and we know now that that's Shalash. She's with us. She's on yes. our team. That is that is yeah. Shalash. The Prime Catasix. No idea who that is. You said that last time as well. The oath, I, and I yeah. explained it to you last time as well. It's the it's the Prime who's dies before uh, Yanagon. Uh, so Yanagon gets given Prime. Zeth kills the Prime Catasix. Okay. Not very not very important. Dawn Cities. Capsule. Shout out to Capsule anytime I can. We know more about what they are and 
We know now a lot more about pure tones. Yes. Which I think is going to play into that a lot more. I wouldn't call this fully solved yet. I think Dawn Cities has something to do with the shattered planes and why they were shattered, which I think we might get a history lesson. I hope in Stormlight 5 may not be till Stormlight 6, but uh, Hoyd, question mark? That one is never going to be answered by any book unless it's True. like the final book of the Cosmere. Yeah, this is uh, Mistborn Era 4, the final book type of answered question. Um, yes, but I think we know as much as we can. We know what he is now. We know he was like offered to be a shard or offered the powers of a shard, but declined it. Yeah. Um, we know that makes him something entirely different. Um, but yeah, he, if Hoyt is still mysterious, we don't know what all he knows. We don't know where he's been. And yeah, I don't think we ever will. Ideals. We're learning him. I think step this will be. Step. I think this will be a question until Stormlight Ten, where we get the fifth ideal of the Stone Wards or whatever, whatever the last one is. Death words. Oh, this is death rattles. We know what those are. Yep. Yeah, we know what that is. Long shadow. No idea. There, there's a couple here. Long shadow, bright collar, and life brother. That are names referencing. We don't know what, or at least I don't know what. Not sure. Okay. Dawn chant. We've started translating it, or our characters have. Yeah. The the original language of the, the singers before the humans showed up on, on Roshar. That one's pretty. Terra. We answered who Terra is. At the time, we had no idea who Terra was. Souls march. I think that's just a religious term for Vorn, from Voronism. Okay. I don't know. I couldn't tell you where that was referenced. Uh, Dawn Shards. You guys read Dawn Shard and have no questions about Dawn Shards, right? Understand Dawn Shards completely? Right. Yeah. We know that they exist sure. and we know Rissen has one. We don't know what that means. And Zeth has another one and Dalinar do. has the other one. Oh you, my. You don't know that. Those are, those are theories. I think it broke paul there for a second <laughs> <laughs> well i've had the theory that shalon has had one for a long time or something Which one, but... what does shalon have I, i've always had the theory that in her flashback we saw that there was a dawn shard at oh her. yeah behind the in the vault yeah yeah I, that that's been a theory that's what i've assumed for a long time but uh no idea all right, fast forwarding through some of these. Uh, the long trail. What is the long trail? A long, a long Might be trail. another Voranism term. There's a few scenes sometimes we get with Ardents where they just like spout off some random terms and oh, I write okay. them down because I don't know what they mean. Larkins. Yeah. Oh. We fairly understand Zile. We. I don't know. Are we ever going to understand Zile? Um, we it, know who he is, so I would say yeah. Yeah. Invested, yes, we understand that. The no. gift, capital G, the gift. I don't, I don't even, even know, know what that was referenced. I don't know where this comes from. Um, Shalon's mother, yes, ish. Wicked thing of eminence. Shalon references that, I think. I don't even remember what it was. Could be even referring to herself, knowing what we know about Shalon. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Lunu Lunu Akai. Is this just some reference that uh, Rock makes that we don't know anything about? I think so. Uh, yep, yep. The ring? Who has a ring? I don't even remember that at, at all. Talonel's radiant somewhere. Talonel's blade. Um, this is highlighted as answered in our outline. It's absolutely not. Where's where is Talonel's blade? So we talked about this a while back when we thought we knew what was going on, and then we got a little confused. And then Trevor, I think you pointed out that there's there's a hundred percent a swap that Correct. happens. There is one hundred percent a swap, and we have not had it referenced yet because we were, we were all like, "Oh yeah, well we've got another honor blade," it, but we don't. We don't. It was swapped and with a normal dead shard blade. Yeah, right. So somewhere there's a stone ward full surge honor blade out there that we have not kept track of. Um, Moalok, Nergaul, the thrill. I like yeah, those. Are all unmade. Yeah, those are both on here, and those are the same thing. Um, Graves yeah. has been dead for a while. Lopin. He swore his third ideal in Dawn Shard. The Sons of Honor. Um, do you guys feel confident on the Sons of Honor? That's something Ish. I don't quite get. I couldn't tell you what it is right now, but I'm sure I've learned about it. It's the organization that's trying to bring back the Voidbringers so that the Knights mm -hmm. Radiant come back so they can search mind. Right. Gavilar and... Doing. Yeah, Gavilar and Amaram. Alright. Um, I'm just going to fast forward to th through some of these. Yasna's past. We have not had pretty much anything I was about it. highlight that if you didn't. Yasna's past. There's an offhand mention in Oathbringer that's like, oh, and the terrible things in Yasna's past. And then it moves on. I'm like, yeah. hold on a second. What? Um, the Shin have most of the Honor Blades. We know that. Um, the Aether. The Aethers. Yes. Yeah. So this is this is a words of Brandon thing. I might cover this at a later time in the in the podcast. Not yet. Uh, the the ethers is a is an interesting topic for another day. Um, the black fisher. I don't know what that is. Um, the but, black fisher, the spawning mother, and the faceless. I think all get thrown out at the same time. Are, I, is this just Ray Shapir? All of them. If not one unmade, multiple unmades okay. references to them, I think. The Stone of Ten Dawns. I don't know what that is. That I is still that a huge question either. mark in my mind. I don't I don't get it. Uh Ba Edo Mishram. We've had several quotes on Ba Edo Mishram. I have a feeling that it's going to be part one of Stormlight Five. Um Sh Sh Shimarish. What is that? Unmade, I think. Again. Okay. Windrunner's fourth ideal. We answered that one. Finally. Mm -hmm. Finally. Um, Braze. Do you guys understand what Braze is? Yes. More or less. Okay. Midius. Do you know who Midius is? I told you not too long ago. I remember you telling me, and I don't remember what you said. Hoid. Likewise. Midius is oh, uh, what the heralds is. call Hoid. Oh. That's right. Um, Bata Ilin is one of our heralds. Capital F Fortune. I think you guys understand as much as we understand about what Capital F Fortune is. Um, Raze is dead. 
Um, and that is the end of our list. Elliot, do you want to add a couple things real quick of what we learned in this book and have yet to be answered? I'll mention briefly that doing lists like this has almost become obsolete. Yes. We, we've reached the point where before it was me like writing down everything I didn't understand about the Cosmere and just noting it. Now I've reached the point where either one of two things has happened. I either have enough Cosmere knowledge to kind of understand a lot of that. I didn't have a lot of new questions like this coming out of Rhythm of, Rhythm of War. We answered a lot instead of added more. Or two, I've kind of gotten a feel for what's important and what's not. Yeah. I can kind of know now, like, oh, that's a name that's going to be important. Or, oh, that's an unanswered question that we should remember. Or sometimes it's just like, okay, that's just clearly another sort of ethnic name for this herald. Or right. that's another way to talk about Voidbringers or, or stuff like that, that I've started to get enough kind of Cosmere experience under my belt that I don't have what I look back on are fairly silly questions that I did on day one of, of Way of Kings. That said, I do have a couple of questions to, to add in. There's uh, way back in the, the prologue, there's an ardent named Rusher Kreese mm -hmm. or something like that yep. who never got explained. So question mark there. Another big one, as I was thinking back on this book, we got told or at least heavily hinted that there would be nine different varieties of fused. Doing a little bit of copper mine research because I can do that now that I'm not going to spoiler myself. I've found out that we've seen, I think, seven of them so far, which leaves two unexplained. Although L, which is another question mark I have, could maybe be one of them. So like one and a half unexplained varieties of fused. I have Axindweth, our rather intriguing world hopper, which is a term I've learned recently. Uh, Thank you, Thydekar, yes. Thydekar slash Lord of Scars. Got a reference to that. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the book, Shalon pulls a spren out of her little communication box with the ghost bloods and calls it a Sion, a very rare, impossible to find breed of spren. And doesn't tell us anymore. Well, I will confess to you, you're supposed to know what that is already. It's from Elantris. We'll talk about oh. Elantris later. Mm. Good to know. That's cool. I think my biggest question, which like, which I mentioned, is who L is. Who then is L? Yeah, that's all I have to say. I don't know who L is. I don't, I don't quite get it. L L will come into some of our Stormlight Five predictions, which we'll go into now. All right, quick thumbs mm -hmm. up or thumbs down if you subscribe to each other's theories. So I'll go ahead and start, and if you are in support then if like if you're both in support then we won't really go into it that much if you guys are not then we can discuss a little bit how's that sound works i think by no design of dalinar i think dalinar has full intention of being his own champion i don't think i think there will be something that withholds dalinar from being his own champion and kaladin maybe zeth but i think kaladin will be honor's champion in the in the contest of champions my, my thumb is waffling because i'm fully on board with the whole contest of champions is not going to go down how we think it will 
I am not on board with it could be Kaladin. Okay. I think that would do immense damage to the character arc we just got in Rhythm of War. Okay. What about Zeth? Potentially. I think Zeth is going to have his own brand new character arc. Maybe the contest could fit into that. I don't know. Paul, do you think Dalinar is going to be his own champion and it's pretty cut and dry? I think Dalinar is going to be his own champion, but if it's not him, then it might be someone we're not entirely expecting. Adolin? I could honestly see it being Renarin. Okay. Um, I could see it being like a step stepping forward moment of Renarin. It's, it's just um, Nightblood. You just set the sword in the arena. It's just, just Nightblood. Just... <laughs> It would do great. It yeah. would probably win. Go get him. Go get him. Unsheathe Nightblood. Unsheathe yeah. him. Put him, in, put him in the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Second one. Adolin, and by extension, Maya, is going to die. Uh, don't even say such things. It's okay to make that prediction. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. Okay. Dalinar is not going to become a fused. Even if he loses, he will die. If he loses the contest, he will turn to Navani. And I think this thought comes from someone in Dragonsteel. Shout out to them. Um, if he loses the contest of champions and he is doomed to become a fused under Teravangian, he turns to Navani and says, stab me with some anti-stormlight. I would rather die than be a fused under Odium. I think Dalinar will die. In Stormlight 5. I, of all our characters, I think Dalinar is the most likely to die because I think that would be the most impactful on the rest of our characters. That could be a really key plot point in the rest of their arcs. Whereas I feel like if we lost, I feel like others would be more emotional, but maybe a little bit less impactful on our grand storyline. Right. This really depends on the pacing of the story for me. I think if our contest of champions is kind of quick out of the gate, we have time for Dalinar to be under Odium. And, and there's to be like things that happen there and that to be part of the story. If it's like ending of the book, then I, I could believe this way more. I could believe... Dalinar looking to like be killed by Navani, like or Kaladin or serve. somebody. Yeah, somebody. Okay. With Navani's discovery of the anti stormlight stuff, yeah. Yeah. Would that affect high storms if we killed the storm father with anti storm? That's a crazy thought. Um, my last one, and I think this is like maybe not epilogue, but part five of Stormlight Five. I think Shallan goes world hopping. I think she leaves Roshar for the bet. I think she survives. We'll start there. She does not stay on Roshar for storm or for the back five. And she goes hops into Warbreaker two, hops into Mistborn Era three. You know, some, some she leaves to go somewhere, and she is not on Roshar at the end of the book. Somehow she takes pattern and testament with her. And kind of tacked on here, I think at the end of Stormlight 4, Shallan is pregnant. 
I think Shalon does not know it yet, but I think Shalon is pregnant. I could get on board. Does Shalon speak another oath in book five? What is she on? Is she on three? It's so complicated. I have no <laughs> idea what Shalon is at. It's a great. I honestly, genuinely, I stopped thinking about it. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> care. I don't. It's not even worth trying to figure out anymore. I think with her oaths. Was her accepting testament back in an oath? That's my question. I don't that know. Is, it seems like that should have been her fourth. Four. Yeah. But we didn't get like a, these words are accepted. Da, 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 but also, moment. but also we had the tease of, did she have her shard plate in the end of Oathbringer because she was right. actually radiant, not Shallan in the fight. There's, Yep. Shalon is so confusing, man. I don't. That, that's I, why I, I asked next ideal and not a specific one. That's ideal. F- fifth ideals, just as a concept, are going to be very strange. It, if we get them Stormlight Five or the back half or whatever, approaching your fifth ideal is very odd. What if her next ideal is I killed myself and she's been a cognitive <laughs> shadow this whole time? And rebound wow. herself to herself. Yep. Or to multiple other people. Or, or I don't know herself to someone else. Maybe she's not who we think she is. I um, has she ever, have I ever thought of her <laughs> in the right way? Maybe in the first two books. Yeah. Um. I I, I wrote this down once. Off world. In in the in our story, in this I could see like a back half kind of thing maybe i wrote this down a while ago and i haven't brought myself to fully cross it out yet and what i wrote down was is shallan a herald <laughs> and oh again gosh. back to the whole could her next truth be i was a herald i killed myself and what we think of as Shallan is actually the vessel of a herald or some kind of a bound, you know, vessel's the wrong word because that's used for shards, but it she's the body that has had the soul of a herald cognitive shadow attached to it. Refute me if you can. If uh, you know. Well, no, as in I don't think that's possible. I think our other heralds would have known or something was up. You would think. My my brain hurts talking about Shalon, I will be honest. <laughs> I, I, I literally then. don't know that she's worth it. I, I don't know. Like, the, I feel like you could talk a million different things and none of them are that fruitful with Shalon. Yeah, that's, there, that's yeah. my thoughts. The amount of possibilities right with Shalon is insane. Um, yeah, what if what if just Radiant is a herald, but Shalon is not like I what don't if know, there's so much ridiculous stuff? What if Formless was around since she was a kid and Formless died, but Shalon, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, but I do think Shalon is pregnant. I think Radiant knows, and Shalon does not. I'll buy it. All right, someone else go. That my biggest prediction slash anticipation for book five is Moash. We left Moash in an interesting place at the end of this book. He has done terrible things. 
Navani blasted him. He felt his pain and was not repentant or regretful of anything. And now he's blind. He is blind. He's also, I think, a good candidate for Odium's champion. I think it's also we we may not be may not need to get into all this because I think we've hashed it out in pretty good detail a couple of episodes ago. I think we are going to be faced with a redemption of Moash dilemma. There was Dragonsteel was so fun actually to see the massive divide between some of the the fans out there of the people that are very much on the the Moash did no wrong boat and the people who are very much on the F Moash boat. And so I think Brandon, Brandon's obviously well aware of this. I think Brandon is going to use that to really make us examine our own beliefs as a reader. He is the one character I think that is so divisive and so emotionally triggering, I think, that if we are faced with a can you accept you characters and you reader can you accept a redemption of moash that is a moment i think that could be incredibly big in stormlight 5 i agree this is my favorite one big thumbs up yeah i'm a, i'm a big fan of this one and honestly i never even considered that moash could be genuinely repentant until you brought up that Dalinar versus Moash. Everybody is egging Dalinar on to just finish him and he cannot he cannot do it. I I subscribe to that one. Uh moving on, contest of champions. I we, we don't have time for me to read a quote, but as I was going back through, I actually found so there's a there's a moment where Renarin shares a vision of mm. what we think is the contest of champions. Yep. The description goes something like this. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to try and go by memory. Dalinar is in full white shard plate with a black arrow in him. And he's fighting, but he's not fighting the opponent. That's how Renarin describes it. He has his back to Odium. Odium is there, and he has his back to Odium. facing the wrong way. Yes. And he's fighting, but he's not fighting Odium. And... Renarin and Dalinar kind of, I think, misinterpreted a little bit. They say, oh, well, this means you're going to have a lot of distractions along the way. I wonder if it's more literal. I wonder if White Shard Plate could be ideal for Dalinar with his Spren Plate. I think the fighting himself could be that moment where... He's in the contest of champions, and for whatever reason, it's a repentant Moash, it's someone innocent, it's Gavinor, it's a resurrected Gavilar, whatever it is, Dalinar is at war with himself because he can't bring himself to kill whoever it is. I think Renard may have foreseen it. I like it. I definitely, definitely like that one. Something that I'm thinking of, which I want to take this on here and not jump too far. Because we're told that that is the contest of champions, I think that Renari is seeing. I don't. I, I'm assuming it explicitly states that, but we do it's, know now 
that the terms have been set that if Dalinar loses this, he is Odium's, effectively, right. to go to the Cosmere. And so it could that could have been a vision of Dalinar being under Odium. Like, like not in the Contest of Champions way, but after a Contest of Champions. Potentially. I guess it's very possible. Um, a couple of other predictions for Stormlight 5. I think we're going to see more Heralds die. We've seen one, like, like, fully die. I think we're going to see, and I think I made this prediction a long time ago, that we would see a new type of Oath Pact reforged. I, I'm holding to that. I think the Dalinar is going to try and reforge the Oath Pact. I think they're going to hit some kind of a snag and have to figure out a different way to do it. It's not going to be the exact same way it was done before, but I think some of our characters will have to ascend to basically heralds and form a new Oath Pact of some kind. Not quite sure how that works yet, but sticking with it. Um. This one might be big or maybe not. I don't think Odium will be defeated in Stormlight 5. In fact, I think he may not even necessarily be the primary big baddie. Yeah. Does, does I think, that mean... So when you say Odium is not defeated, does that mean he leaves or does that mean he stays and is here for the back half? I think it's possible that he either escapes Roshar... Or they somehow, you know, lock him down to Roshar, but he's still around. He's still going to be nasty. Whatever goes down with the, the contest champions, Odium is not going away after five. I think L will be the primary villain for book five. Okay. My theory. And then my last one that I kind of mentioned already, I think this is probably my biggest one. Ba'edo Mishram is going to be the key. The center point for most of our plot in book five. We've gotten lots of hints, everything from Parshman to the sibling to like Spren in general, that Ba'edo Mishram is the key to a lot more than we think. I think Mishram will be freed. And I think it's going to be some sort of a Roshar becomes awakened in a way that yeah. it hasn't been so, in a long time. So remember us talking about we need to turn the tower back on? Uh-huh. I think it's going to be similar. Uh, Ba'ida Mishram is the spren of the spren, mm -hmm. if you want to think of it that way. And we're turning the spren back on or returning Roshar back on. I don't know quite what that means, but I think it's going to be something on that scale of the Spren yep. have, have returned sentience or something. Yep, I agree. Or I think we may learn a bit of what it means to be unmade, and maybe we see some kind of a return from unmade to made. An unmade? Like maybe, yeah, we un unmade Mishram. Somehow we figure out how to return Mishram back to what it was originally, what they were originally supposed to be before they were unmade. Right. I'm tracking. And Rosh Roshar is healed. The day is saved. They all ride off and sunset. I like all of those. Paul? Yeah. All right. 
I'm going to run through these. My first theory, which is kind of a two-parter. I don't have the second half on here. Uh, I think Hoyd's memory is not completely wiped. Okay. Um, I, I think there is a trick up his sleeve, something either he was supposed to, like, he intentionally lost him or something like that. A, a twist on this theory, which I thought about while we were at Dragonsteel, is... We've seen how Odium was able to like take a new vessel as a shard, right? Hoyt is so big and mysterious and, I guess, invested that I'm going to assume if he dies... I'm just going to make an assumption. I'm going to make the assumption that if Hoyt dies, his wit, if you will, can have a new vessel. I think... Okay. There is a possibility. If if Hoyd's memory is wiped, I think he will die in this book, and Yasna will be the new wit. Okay. If if there's anyone we've seen the fondness he has for Yasna, and, and not just like a physical fondness, like a like a sh- she could she can hang with me kind of thing, and so in the same way that we see Teravangi and Phil Odium's like nature. I think that could be the case, which would be really Kate crazy. I don't know if I believe that would happen, but hypothetically, if Wit dies, I think that's what would happen. Um, I think Kaladin is going to lay down his life in book five, not necessarily like be killed, but I think he's going to lay down his life to protect. Um, okay. I think Dalinar is going to lose the contest of champions. I don't know if I have a super specific on what that means. I think it is likely to be someone he can't fight is going to be um who he's up against um which he such... just won't will choose not to kill them i feel like so much revolves around what happens to dalinar does yeah. he does he is he his own champion does he win does he lose does something weird happen where it goes a different direction does he become a servant of odium does he die there's a lot of possibilities. Does he become a servant of Odium and therefore ask his wife to kill him? Like, yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's, there's a lot of craziness there. That That is like the biggest question that will like, if we find out any more details regarding that, that shifts how we think about everything mm-hmm. for book five. So, um, like with that, it's not a prediction, but we know that there will be some dialogue I'm going to say we know that there'll be some dialogue between Dalinar and Teravangian at this contest, and that is what I'm most excited for in do, book five. Do you think that o- Teravangian is Odium reveal happens at the contest, or does that happen a, a couple days previous? Does he show up to the contest and it's like, oh, you're Teravangian, that's crazy? Um, I think... Dalinar will know that Teravagian has died as far as he knows. I don't think he will know until the Contest of Champions. Okay. Um, I think we're going to learn about Dawn Shards in the same way that I predicted. I'm going I'm to use my leverage here. I predicted that we would learn about the Dark Sphere in Book 4. I think we will learn about Dawn Shards in Book 5. Okay. If not, then it is definitely... It has to be an incredibly major piece in the back half of Stormlight. 
like major major it can't it can't be put where it's been put i think and not be a thing it is our new dark sphere i i would have bet all my spheres that don shard was going to come up in rhythm of war yeah we we read that that was the kind of side quest in between oathbringer and rhythm of war and i feel like hardly anything that we learned in dawn shard was actually directly relevant to Rhythm of war i agree i agree. so there is really nothing to to justify that book existing there's gotta be something in book five gotta be otherwise that book is completely out of place just i, I agree just real quick on dawn shards i think we've actually seen three on camera and they are these i think nightblood is a dawn shard and has just not been named such and he is the dawn shard to destroy because each dawn shard has like a command capital c command warbreaker um with mm -hmm. them um the one that Rissen picks up is change it commands her to change and i think the third one that we've seen dalinar has it and he doesn't know he has it and it is Unite, capital U, Unite, which throws my Unity is the fourth shard on Roshar theory out the window. But it's sorry, right, it's Mercy, so it's fine. Um, uh, U, capital U, Unite. And I think the physical, like, I think the physical housing of the Dawn Shard was Dalinar's copy of the Way of Kings. And Dalinar absorbed unity when odium destroyed the book at the end of oathbringer because dalinar's ranting and ranting about a light at the end of of oathbringer while he's writing oathbringer he's like can you can you close the the drapes that's distracting me from the other light and anyway um his his in-world copy of the way of kings had the dawn chart of unity in it that's a pretty cool prediction i like that i like i like uh, it a lot i'm still stuck on the what is a dawn chart though i i need to go back and reread the book dawn chart based on you know and apply my knowledge i've gained from rhythm of war to it to see if i could learn more but i follow all that you that you're saying but still can't answer the question in my head of what a dawn chart even is Go look in the wiki. Mm -hmm. um, my last one it is more minor. I think we're going to see some of our favorite characters rub off on each other. I think we're going to see um, Kaladin learn from Zeth some in like the ways of reverence in like, quote, doing things the right way and the most upright, I guess, making the right choice kind of thing. And I think Zeth is also going to learn from Kaladin about like making decisions and like standing for the good choice and how to protect like from a reasonable nature, not like a following order kind of thing. What if what if Zeth is the boost Kaladin needs to get to his fifth ideal. And his fifth ideal is... I'm going to drop this, and I can't really talk about why, but I think his fifth ideal might be, I will protect 
what is right. Okay. And Zeth is going to be the key to getting there. Okay. Interesting. I will brew on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Until book five comes out, we'll brew on right. All right. Anything else for our Rhythm of War wrap-up, gentlemen? Cool book. You have read all of published Stormlight. Period. There's no if, ands, or buts about that. Thoughts? Quick thoughts before we <laughs> before we close. I this is a cool feeling. I feel like we've I feel like we've climbed a mountain and we've we've hit like the the false peak right before the actual peak and that there's still a there's still a climb to go to get to to the top of of book five but like I'm looking back and seeing just how far we've come and it's a pretty cool feeling to see that we've read close to in my short mass market paperbacks close to 5,000 pages. 5,000 pages. Like one and a half million words. words. Yep. Or something to, like that. I was about to pull out that number. Over one and a half million words. Yep. Crazy. And it's been a fantastic journey. I've enjoyed every second. Do you want to follow that, Paul? Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, I I've I will confess, the other day, I started like just just poking around in the very very beginning of the Way of Kings, and it feels so different to look at it now. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited to kind of poke around some. I probably won't start on a, a formal reread for a little while, but I, I was amazed with how it was able to captivate me from the the beginning. I, I just read the prelude and the prologue again. Or actually, no, the prelude and the beginning of chapter one. Um, and it, it's really cool, especially reading and knowing who our heralds are is really, really captivating now. So, um, cool story, Brandon. All right. We may or may not be reconvening next week. I haven't decided yet. But thank you for joining me, Paul and Elliot. The original goal of the podcast has been fulfilled. And we will keep going later next year and a couple little tidbits uh, before the end of the year. So thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. Journey before destination. Um, life before death. Very fitting. The order. <laughs>